Kiana Tulofalava and welcome to Champions of the Pacific. I'm Tali Anderson. Fakalofalahiatu, I'm Marina Fungai Vomola. Today we talk to the Cook Island swimmers waving the flag at this year's Tokyo Olympics and the young Pacifica woman rugby commentator proving that representation matters. But first, the Tokyo Olympics are officially kicking off next week after being postponed due to COVID-19. We'll be highlighting our Pacific athletes that are participating in the Games, starting with two Cook Island swimmers, Wesley Roberts and Kirsten Fisher-Masters. They're the only swimmers representing the Cooks at the Games this year and have been selected as the country's Olympic flag bearers. Kirsten is set to make her Olympic debut. The 23-year-old says being able to represent her and her father's homeland is special and has brought her closer to her culture. I met my biological father when I was 16, but I was asked to swim for the Cook Islands, and I've got to say, I didn't know a lot about my culture. My stepdad's Māori, so I felt like I spent probably more time in the marae than I did knowing my Cook Islands side. And so it's been quite a journey for me, um, and so representing the Cook Islands has, has actually meant a lot because I've, um, I've always kind of wanted to feel more a part of my culture and and learn more and so you know the people that I've met and going through like even um, with the Cook Island Olympic Committee and Aquatic Federation they've kind of helped me to to really find who I am and I've met family through it and it wasn't something that as a 10 year old I thought that like I, I kind of I didn't really think about you know a country to swim for but now um, you know being asked at sort of mid-teens I'd never look back. I've just kept on going forward and I feel like there's something so special about swimming for Cook Islands and yeah, it's quite a special feeling to be able to put your country on the map and, and being such a small nation, I really find it quite um, quite something for myself. She tells us that she's been swimming since she was a baby and how she qualified to go to the Games this year. I've been swimming for most of my life. Before I could walk I could I could swim in yeah so I've always been water baby um my mum was a competitive swimmer so she sort of taught all of us kids how to how to swim and and it's always just been a part of my life and I kind of I was kind of doing it without even realizing that I was I was a swimmer <laughs> and then I started competitive swimming when I was 10. I've been swimming internationally now for quite a number of years uh, and you kind of go through the through the processes I've been to world champs and Commonwealth Games and for for our qualification um, for me I have qualified under a universality spot which pretty much means that I have to be the fastest female um, for for the Cook Islands. Uh, so there's one one male, one female spot. For Wesley Roberts, this will be his second Olympic campaign after competing at the 2016 Rio Olympics. While he's been once before, he's expecting a very different experience this time around. I'm pretty thankful I got to go to Rio and I got to experience what a well, what like a normal Olympics is like. But yeah, this time it's just going to be pretty much strictly business. Just go over there, race, and come back. So like, I, I think I'm I, when I went to Brazil, I was there for about a month. Whereas this time, I think I'm only there for ten days. It's going to be very different. I, it's going to be easier just to focus on swimming and not get distracted by everything else that's around. Um, just because there's not going to be anything else going on, and the rules are pretty strict on what we can and can't do. So I think, yeah, in, the, in regards to just going over there just to compete, I think it'll be great. I'm pretty excited to race, but 
the whole Olympics itself is going to be yeah, very strange this time around. He's known as the Atu Rocket back home and holds several Cook Island national records. But as he explains, it could have turned out very different. And I kind of just did it once a week just so I could, like, mum and dad just wanted me to be safe around the water. And then I actually hated it. Like, I hated swimming. I think it was just, I, it was so, I felt, I was quite young. I was young for the squad that I was in. And so I didn't really, like, get on with anyone. I was only there once a week, so I was like, oh, I would rather be at the basketball court or out playing soccer. So, yeah, I just decided I didn't really like it. So I stopped swimming to play other sports when I was, like, 12. And then I went back to swimming just for a bit of fitness when I was 15 and then kind of fell in love with it and started training a lot more. Just kind of picked up from there. Kirsten Fisher-Masters was born and raised in Auckland, New Zealand, and on top of training for the Games, she's also studying sport management at Massey University. She admits her schedule's pretty hectic. It's been pretty intense. So during the sort of hard parts of the season, it's uh, 10 times a week in the pool, so those are uh, two-hour sessions, and then on top of that, four gym sessions, so 14 sessions a week. Uh, And then now, as it's kind of easing into the Olympics, we've started to to drop off a bit just to be a little bit more refreshed before we go into before we go into racing. So I'll go through a full taper. And so at the moment I'm training nine time two hour sessions and then three gym sessions. So I sort of drop back one session. While COVID-19 has been the epicentre of issues for athletes to compete at the Games this year, for Roberts, who is currently based in Sydney, where stay-at-home orders have been introduced, lockdown and travel restrictions have helped him to compete at his best. I was actually quite blessed, I think, to to get an extra year when COVID came around because uh, I kind of had a few shoulder problems at the end of 2019 that weren't going away. And so the time off I managed to have uh, when COVID came through kind of helped that all heal. And so I think that's what's allowed me to start swimming quicker than I ever have this year. So, but... I've got a pretty good team around me here in Sydney, so being able to avoid COVID and um, staying pretty vigilant, I'm pretty much, I'd only go between where I live and the pool, and that's about it. Best of luck to them and all our Pacific swimmers getting ready to compete in two weeks' time. Manu Samoa played Tonga in the first of their two test games in the weekend to see who will qualify for the 2023 Rugby World Cup. And while fans were excited to see two Pacific teams go head-to-head at Mount Smart Stadium, there was someone else getting props on the night too. The man from Bear and Tongatapu, Billy Taulani, scoring his first try for Tonga. And you can see Jonathan Tomatini there. Well, that was the guy he put the big hit on before, and those two are County's Monaco teammates. So Steelers training next week is going to be very interesting. That was Taylor Johnson commentating her first men's test match alongside Fawano Ken Laban and Willie Lossi. She's represented New Zealand in BMX racing and touch rugby, as well as followed in her father's footsteps by representing Samoa internationally in both rugby and sevens. She's a lawyer, businesswoman, but she breathes rugby through and through. She talks to us about how special it was to commentate the game in the weekend and why representation is so important. When I first got the email asking if I was available, um, I almost dropped my phone because I was like, is this a joke? Am I getting asked to do 
um, you know, a men's chess match because growing up, I hardly ever saw women, let alone Māori or Pacific women, watching as a kid because, you know, I supported um, the Manu Samoa in particular um, really closely. Um, and, you know, you never got to see any of that. Um, and I'd been at Sky for a long time and I'd been given plenty of opportunities, but never a men's chess match. And, um, yeah, I was, I was super stoked, especially because it's two Pacifica teams as well. Like, um, my nan is both Samoan and Tongan and my pop is Cook Island. So it was, yeah, I was like, of course I'll do it. And, yeah, I'm still buzzing. It was so much fun. And it's almost like it. you didn't really have to prep too hard for it because it's just something that comes naturally to you when you're a specific person. You know, you... Um, you know, looking up people's villages and stuff is easy. It's more so whatever I keep saying. It's like, wow, someone's saying it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's to commentate a game is one thing, but yeah, it would have been so much more special for you, given given your background. And not mm. only that, you've put on the Samoan jersey before. You know what it means to play for your country. Mm. How special was that for you? Yeah, it, it was really special. So. Even just before the game, you know, you get there early and you're on the sideline. And, and I know a lot of the players personally just from either my job at Sky already or my husband would have played with them or my dad used to coach them and stuff. And, you know, as they were walking out, they were all just like, man, it's so cool you're doing this. And so, you know, it made me feel like I actually deserve to be here because, you know, these players are being like, man, it's so wicked you're doing this. But, yeah, during the anthems, it was, <laughs> I was almost getting a bit teary like the first time um, – I wore my Manusina jersey um, when we took on Fijiana and Fiji because it was like, you know, it, it was a huge accomplishment for me because I'd always wanted to do something like this. So to be able to finally do it um, and, and for a chess, that means a lot to me because, as I said, you know, Pacific Island rugby holds a really strong place in my heart because, you know, we, we deserve so much more than what we get. Um, so, yeah, to be on that was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I wanted to bring up uh, the reactions that we've seen online. I mean, I even mentioned to you that my dad was asking who you were. Uh, what's the reaction or the feedback that you've had from people? Um, I think the biggest reaction was just that it was so cool to hear people's names pronounced correctly. And, and you know, for people who aren't Māori of Island, they don't um, realise how important that is for people because our surnames, you know, they, they carry so much mana behind them. Um, you know, they're... Uh, our family lineage is so important to us as Māori Pacific people. And, you know, it's, it's a really proud moment when you make your debut for an international side because you're representing um, not only your, your family but your people. And, you know, the last thing you want to hear as you run out onto that field is your son's name being said wrong. And with our languages as well, if you say a word um, differently, it could have a total different meaning as well. So um, that's really important as well. And I think, you know, it's not just important for the players but um, their villages and their islands and that as well because yeah we're, we're really supportive and loving people and you could see that on the ground at the day you know all the singing and even just people playing kikiki on the um the field beforehand Wafafafatai was um being sung at the end of the match and you know even that made me a little bit too because it's just it's so lovely like you don't see that you know in non-pacifica games I mean you'll hear sweet Caroline but, you know <laughs> being sung by the crowd but you know, never a hymn, and, you know, that was, that was amazing. Um, so, yeah, the, the feedback has kind of just been, like, it's really cool to see people acknowledge our villages properly and things like that. And, yeah, and, and other comments have just been, it's really good to see representation because, you know, as I touched on before, I never really saw um, Māori or Pacifica people on our coverage. I remember when I saw Melody Robinson for the first time, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my queen. Like, <laughs> look at this lady go. <laughs> 
Uh, it's one thing to be a commentator, but, you know, rugby, New Zealand's national sport, I would imagine you've got to know your rugby inside out. Um, your dad obviously has a lot of experience, so I'm assuming that's where your love for rugby kind of kicked off? Yeah, so um, I have an older sister who's not into sport at all, um, and then there's me, and my dad would take me everywhere with him as a as a kid. You know, I would be sitting on the sideline while he was at rugby training with a blanket and you know and a, and a hot chocolate in my hand from probably the age of three. You know, and I would always be the water girl for all the all the games where his teams are playing. Um, and, you know, he coached a lot of rep teams, so people like Charles Piatal, Malakai Fikitor, so many of the big players, the big names now. Um, were all players I had known from when we were when they were about thirteen and I was probably seven or eight, just you know running water for them and stuff like that. And um, obviously, I ended up playing rugby as well because you know I there's love, no escaping I it. it. So I started the girls' rugby program at Mount Albert Grammar School, and then I yeah, went on to play um, for the Manusina, and then I played for Northland and Counties Monaco in the Farah Palmer Cup comp. I had re- recently had shoulder surgery, though, so I've been missing this season at least. But, yeah, I mean, my love for rugby started with my dad. Um, you know, we we would go and watch games together. As I said, I'd, I'd be with him pretty much every Saturday. We're like thick as thieves. <laughs> so in between representing New Zealand at BMX Racing, playing for Manusina, um, fronting the First 15 show... I mean, you've got a Bachelor of Laws in Commerce. You're a bit of a go-getter. Um, you're only 25. Where does that drive come from? I think growing up, I always aspired to be like my parents. You know, they were always working really hard. And we never really had downtime because of that. You know, they were always working hard and then taking us to trainings and stuff. So I'm actually just someone that doesn't like to do nothing, you know, or sit around and relax. You know, I enjoy keeping myself busy. So, you know, I actually don't have days off because I work, you know, um, Monday to Friday at KPMG um, and then I, you know, do sky work in the weekends. So when you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like work. And it's like, because I never really sit back and, you know, look at everything I've done because I kind of, once I finish something, I just jump straight back into something else. And, and it actually wasn't until, like, Saturday night after the game when, when I like, look, yeah, I just actually logged on to Twitter because I had all these notifications. I was like, oh no, what, did I do something wrong? <laughs> One thing I've noticed in the television industry specifically is people are more likely to point out your mistakes than to congratulate you. And so when I logged on, I saw all these messages like, wow, that was amazing. And you know, I kind of sat back and was like, actually, yeah, I'm really proud of myself when I did well. Um, I absolutely love my job. And, um, you know, if, if I get to talk about and um, acknowledge, and really um, push for Māori Pacific Island players, then, you know, I'm going to do my best. And that's the end of our show. If you want to hear more from Champions of the Pacific, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab. You can also download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Until next time, ka kite anō and go i kaletahi.